Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode today of Girl Next Door. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, So we've been hearing stories each day about the thousands. Um, I've heard actually it's 11,000 people who have been locked out of um, their own place of residence, their own home here in Queensland. And while our premier is letting in celebrities, sporting stars, their wives, their girlfriends, their families, and we're having big um, grand final matches, our own residents are literally being ignored. And so it would be so helpful if you guys shared these episodes because we're really trying to raise awareness um, because these people are feeling really alone and helpless and, uh, and quite out of control. And so it really is helping to share these. Today's story has probably broken my heart most of all, and I feel the most like I relate to it. Um, I'd love every, everyone to meet Ma- Marianne. Is that how you say your name or Marianne? Marianne, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love that show. It's showing my age. <laughs> I used to love watching that. My mum always had it on and I used to watch it. I know every day I think it was on or however it was great. So Marianne. Marianne. Oh, so Marianne, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know everyone's going to um, be heartbroken about your story today, but tell us a bit about yourself. Um, I'm a mum of four. I've got three beautiful daughters and a, a little 11-year-old son who was our little surprise package in life, but a good one. Uh I moved to Sydney um, last year to join my husband. He'd been flying in and out um, from Brisbane for, he's been here for about three years working in the construction industry. And um, Josh and I moved here last July to join him because Josh was really struggling with only seeing his dad a couple of times a month. Um, And yeah, and, and during this, COVID pandemic the year I've been here I think I've been allowed back into Queensland about three months of the entire year which has been a real struggle for me because I miss my family I miss my friends Uh, but the biggest problem for me now is our daughter gets married at the end of October and I have actually sat back we've, we've allowed plenty of time to to get back to Queensland we've put in all the right documents We've allowed for hotel quarantine. We're more than prepared to do that to keep Queensland safe. But since we started the process, um, all the timeframes have changed without any warning. Um, and we, we are now in a position where we're waiting it out in Airbnbs, but I strongly believe we're not gonna get back for our daughter's wedding. And that just breaks my heart in two. Oh, when you and I were, we're messaging we've been messaging over Facebook and just the way that you articulated that like I won't be in the room to have like it makes me dear up because <laughs> I'm, I'm like if that happened with me my daughter's 20 but if she were stuck and she is stuck into state but if I couldn't get to her wedding you know and, and like you articulated it um, I won't be there to tell her I love her and I'm proud of her and be in the photos and sorry I don't want to make you tear up but um oh. It's pretty hard. 
Yeah. But you do. You you realise all those things on that special day. Yeah, I, I'm just envisioning her in a dress. I, I went with her to help pick it. And I'm just watching her come out in it and realising that I won't get to see that on that morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's very difficult. And these these are the things that people don't realise are the human toll that this is having. And then I think the unfairness of us seeing celebrities allowed in and NRL players' girlfriends allowed in when people like you are missing life moments. And by the way, you've been a resident in Queensland like most of your life. You've only been in Sydney, did you say for 12 months? 12 months, yeah. And I was born in Mount Isa actually and um, moved there and my parents moved us there when I was four and I've been in Queensland. I'm 56 now and I've lived in Queensland my whole life. You look stunning. (laughs) When you're 56, that's amazing. So, yeah, and so you've just been for a year and rightfully so. Your husband's been working fly in, fly out. Your little boy wanted to see him and so you took him over there. Like what a, it just goes to show what a great mum that you are. And so when did you apply? Obviously your daughter's getting married at the end of October. So when did you start the application process to, because at the time you weren't allowed to do it more than 14 days ahead. Actually it was three days. You were told three days before and you could book your flights at that stage. You, You didn't have to wait to be told when you were allowed to come in, what day. So you booked your flight. Put your, put your application in and you generally got a uh, result uh, provided you given all the right documentation within three days. So you packed up your house and everything, right, knowing or being told that it was only a three-day process? We organised, you, you don't organise an interstate move in the space of three days, so we had to have all that in place well before that pause was actually put into place by the Queensland Government. So you started packing up and planning before the pause. In oh, August. way before it. And then, and, then, and then the pause happened. So your hands were tied for August. And then did you reapply again in September when it opened up? The- no, we hadn't actually applied at that stage because it was then said to us, um, do not apply more than 14 days. Actually, it wasn't even told to me. I just figured that out because the passes that you were given um were lasted for 14 days basically so I thought well I'll, I'll apply 14 days before we're due to leave thinking that would be enough time and I applied on the 11th of September yeah and as we know um on the 5th of September when it opened up at eight o'clock at night for some random reason um, or that's what I've been told. So many yeah. people apply. I was told 5,000 people applied within that half an hour. And so they've taken the whole month of September and now into October to process a half an hour's worth of applications. On the 5th, you didn't apply till the 11th. So what is it looking like your chances of getting back for your daughter's wedding? Next to zero. They're, they're saying on the Facebook side I'm on that, that and that's the only way there's, there's a group on Facebook who are in the same situation as I am. And it's the only way I've gleaned any information on timeframes or what's going on with this whole process. You get nothing yeah. from Queensland Health when you ring, absolutely nothing. 
I'm in that page as well with you, which is how I've discovered everyone because of my daughter's situation. And, yeah. uh, and you're right, everyone's leaning on each other. And yet the poor admin of that Facebook page I saw yesterday are having warnings uh, from Facebook about being shut down. I don't know why. I think people right. are trying to vent their emotion. I think we all have a right to vent our emotion. No one's, no one's actually being derogatory or threatening or once again our freedoms are being curtailed severely and I cannot believe out of everything I've learned from this whole process that this is what it has come to in our country. It makes me extremely sad. I, I agree. Um, I know you and I were chatting and to me the Australia that I knew and the Australia that I've grown up in, it's it's not the same anymore. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I think what surprised me the most is how most people are just sitting back and going, it's okay if we just do what the government says and we just do this, we just do that, we just lock down a bit longer, we just vaccinate, we just this. And it's like, guys, if you're not woken up to the fact no matter what we've done, no matter how many times we've you know been obedient, our freedoms are not given back. For you not to be able to move from one state to the other within our own country back to your place of residence where you were born, you've only been away for 12 months for your husband's work, to miss your daughter's wedding, I cannot fathom. No, and I, I, I actually never thought I would be in this position. And I'm really tired of begging for that right because that's what people are doing when they ring the government. We, we are sending emails off to all sorts of organisations. We are being interrogated by the police service, not their fault. This is what they've been asked to do. But we should not be interrogated about our personal lives. We've provided the documentation required. We've agreed to do the hotel quarantine. End of story. I, I agree with you. You said you made that really good point to me yesterday where we were talking about maybe options for you to try and get an exemption. But in order to do that, having to divulge more of your personal information it just feels like an interrogation that you shouldn't have to do. You shouldn't have to beg to be allowed back in your own state. No, I've pro provided the documentation they require. And the least I expect from this whole process is a time frame. And we are given absolutely nothing. And we are just left hanging there. We are treated with so much disrespect. And it's criminal what's happening. I agree. I don't know if you saw yesterday, but one of the guys who did get let out finally and is quarantining up in Cairns, he said that there were seven people on his flight. And I just wanted to go, are you joking me? Like, how can there be seven people on a flight? Like, if they're all going to quarantine, why don't they just jam that plane with people if they're all quarantining? Or at least, okay, distance them and half fill the plane. I, I just don't understand how it went from a three-day turnaround to what it's turned into, to no timeline, no time frame. Um, I, I, I just cannot understand how that, how, how that happened in the first place. But, but why are we not looking at home quarantine? That is such a good option. It's being trialled in Queensland with returning boarding students. Victoria have allowed their residents to come back and home quarantine. It, it would just make this whole, whole process so much less traumatic yeah. and quicker for the people that are waiting. 
I'm assuming, um, I think people assume that the Queensland government are making money out of hotel quarantine. That it's probably actually costing them millions because at the end of the day, they have to guarantee the hotels that money regardless of whether people can pay it. And there are a lot of people who can't afford to pay it. Yeah, people, I don't think people realise, I think it's about four grand. It's, it would be, it's going to be $4,520 exactly for my husband and I and our 11-year-old son. So, but we're prepared to do that. That's yeah. what they, that's what they require to re-enter our home. We will do it, but they're not letting us. Yeah. It's, it's like they're giving you the privilege of paying four grand to get back oh, to Yeah, day. exactly. Not, I mean, and not to mention, like you said before as well, because you emptied everything out of your house, you, um, you are jumping from Airbnb to Airbnb. So you thought you only had to pack a little bit of, you know, a few things, but you were, you were saying about even having to move groceries around so that you're not wasting them. We can't, we can't afford to replace groceries every time we have to change Airbnbs, which we're in our second one now. This is our, yeah, and I'm pretty sure um, we'll be going to a third one. And once again, I'll have to guesstimate the length of time we will need to be there. And I will pay up front because that's what you have to do with Airbnb. Now, if by some miracle I do get a call saying I can return home, I've then lost the money I've paid on the Airbnb which I'm prepared to do, but, but why do I have to be put in that position? Why can't they give us timeframes so we can organise it? At least that's the minimum they can do when we are being left hanging in limbo without our, our, our belongings with us. You know, and we are, we're lugging things. It cost us $90 because we had to get a maxi cab from our house that we moved out of. And we're three three minutes out of the city, but we had to pay for a maxi cab just to put the luggage in because that's how much we had to pack, not knowing how long we'll be here for. No. And even you and I were chatting before, we discovered we're both dog lovers. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. and I, I was just telling Marianne, we were both tearing up about my big Grudel girl, my big 30-kilo oh. Grudel girl who died two months ago. But you've got, like, you were saying that your dog has been like therapy to you and really helped you, but now even you've had to put your dog, who's got a bit of anxiety, on a plane to get back here because you can't have your dog in the Airbnb. No, and, um, yeah, no, we had to send him home, and I was... It, it horrified me. It was probably the worst part of the whole process for me was putting him on that flight. It, it you know, I had to take him in. I had to throw, put him in this little cage and he, he was banging on the cage and crying and trying to get out. And I just turned around and had to run and cry. And I cried my eyes out all day. And I wasn't, even after I rang my daughter and said, is he there? And he, you know, he got there safely. They looked after him, but I just, it was so hard to let him go because he has been my best little mate and it was hard to come to a new city and, and be here when, you know, all my friends, all my family are in Queensland and he, he, he got me through that. I understand. I, I do. I was, I was so gutted. I cried for days. I still can't watch videos of my dog. And a friend of mine's actually a counsellor and she FaceTimed me and she goes, I want to see your face. And I said to her, I think there's something wrong with me. I am so <laughs> sad. I am so sad about my dog dying. Like you, She goes, no, but your dog is like therapy for you. I said, yeah, you know what? That's, I think that's true. You know, when everything else around is on shifting sand, there's this 
endless love from this little creature, you know, and I, I can't imagine like, how's your son coping? He's only 11 and, you know, being- he, he, he actually, he's got ADHD and he, um, he's a very anxious little boy as well. My, my other, my other problem too is um, I, we've been home learning from home um, in Sydney for the last term and they will be doing that for the first two weeks of the new term but he could have gone back to the classroom on the 25th and once again we're sitting in limbo land I was hoping he would be back in the classroom in Queensland because he needs it he's he's lost his education a lot of his education home home learning is not great you know you try your best but at the end of the day it's not the same and I was really hoping he would be back in the classroom in Queensland. And I'm going to, I, I, I sent all his school uniform. I don't have his school uniforms here anymore. I'm going to have to repurchase them if we are still here in October to, to, to go back to school at his old school. It's crazy. So all those little things people don't realise, there's so many things that just eat, eat at you every day of different decisions you have to make like that. So what do you think you're going to do if you if you don't think you can go back? Like, because I know you did say to me, you don't want to be stuck in quarantine for your daughter's wedding either. I am pretty sure what's going to happen is the day after our cutoff point to get back to Queensland and quarantine, which will be about the 15th. That's our probably our last day we could be on in a hotel room to be out in time for her wedding. I think we'll get a phone call giving us a date after that, which would mean we would be in quarantine on the day of her wedding. And I just refuse to spend my daughter's wedding day in a hotel room in quarantine. I'm not doing that. So we've decided um, if, if we don't get make it back in time for her wedding, we're just going to have to find temporary accommodation in Sydney and stay until the borders open up. I, I, I just have lost so much faith in the system and I, I'm angry about having to do quarantine when I allowed so much time to achieve what our family needs and I just refuse to do it. I'll wait and I'll go back as a, as a free citizen, which is a kind of sad thing to say in this day and age. It is really sad. I actually just saw in the news this morning that some rich tycoon broke over the border here to Queensland, just went straight over the border to go to a funeral. And there's a photograph of him sitting at a funeral and he just was fined $1,300. And I thought, okay, then I'll just get my daughter to break over the border. It'll be cheaper to just pay the fine of going over the border. I mean, he's rich. I don't know how he got, got here. He probably had his own private plane. I have no idea. But um, I think that's where, and maybe this is where we can we can kind of um, wrap our conversation here, is I think our trust in the people that are meant to be looking out for us, you know, the government, I think the trust has just been so badly eaten away, um, you know, and I've always said that I'm a big believer in small government, not big government, small government where the people have their freedoms and can make their own say, whereas the bigger the government, the less freedoms we have. But people seem to be so happy just to give the care of their future and their safety into the government's hands. But I think the trust, particularly here in Queensland, has been eroded to zero. I mean, we were locked down in July for two cases, 
And now we're about to have the NRL grand final. And we've got, a, I don't even know how many today, six, nine, whatever. And I, I saw a, a thing for an explosion of cases on the Gold Coast. They're not locking anyone down because they want the grand final to go ahead. Oh, most definitely. Like we all know Anna loves her NRL. She's proven that time and time again. <laughs> and well and truly above um, the needs of the Queensland public. So, no, she's, she's really um, proven where her priorities lay, which is extremely sad. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. When you see NRL players and their wives and girlfriends being allowed in on a two-week pause, um, it's, it's disgraceful. It really is. And I'm, I'm, I'm really sad to see, and I really do believe, too, this pandemic pandemic has given a lot of a few politicians a lot of power over a lot of people and that is a very scary thing to have happen and I hope if this ever happens again they rethink the amount of power they give to these few few political people yeah I think that Australia's she'll be right mate attitude is biting us in the bum definitely most definitely so yeah. I have numbers today. So, um, yeah, no, that's, that's great, isn't it? You can have an NRL grand final, but, yeah. I tell you what, if they lock us down next week at all, I keep saying to my husband, I'm so rebellious, I'm like, I'm just going to tell any police that comes past, sorry, I choose not to participate. Like how it just makes no sense to me. It, it just beggars belief to me that you can have 30 or 40,000 people sitting together in a grand final game and then someone like you is locked up in an airbnb willing to quarantine and do everything and you can't get back to your daughter's wedding but i'm just really believing marianne that something will change that you will get that border pass right before you need it and that you can come back here and be with your family um, for your daughter's wedding that's my hope for you i truly hope so because it's actually you know it's it's it physically and emotionally makes you, you, you thick to think that you may, may miss that that day it's, yeah. it's it's actually really difficult and it's it's just breaking my heart in two and I know it's hard for my daughter too like she's devastated so and the whole family is I was speaking to um her nana the other night and she said it's it's I can't believe you might you know she said it won't be the same it's not going to be the same no, it's unthinkable because like, like we said, you know, I've got a daughter and right from when they're born, right from when they're little, you know, you know, they're going to get married and of course you're going to be there for them. And so I'm devastated for you, but I still have great hope and we'll be praying for you and your family um, that there will be a breakthrough for you guys and that you will get to be there on her day. Thanks, Renee. Thanks for all your help and support too. I really appreciate it. I feel like it's the least I can do. <clears throat> I'm, I'm doing what I can. And if everyone shares this, it, it will help. I rang um, George Christensen's office the other day, uh, the MP, because he seems to be very sympathetic. And so I rang him because I'm like, I want to invite him on. I want him to come and make some comments. But sorry, that is my son moving furniture <laughs> above me. <laughs> um but yeah so anyway but when I rang his office was shut for emergency repairs so I've emailed in so I'm hoping you know I don't know that there's someone out there that can do something but thank you for joining us thank you for sharing your story
Thank you and good luck to everyone out there who is who is waiting on these entry passes. I wish you all the very best. Yes, agreed. Thank you.